0: Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Cherry Beckert's latest technology podcast. My name is Dixie McCurley, and I lead the firm's client accounting services. For clients that don't want to do their accounting internally, they outsource to us. And I'm really thrilled to be here and be joined today by Anu Marala Dahara, who is the chief operating officer of Expensify and a great partner to us at Cherry Beckert. Um, Anu and I were invited to host this podcast episode as part of the short series, which is focused on the year of efficiency and what it means for technology companies. So, Anu, thanks so much for joining me. Pleasure to be here, Dixie. Thanks for having me. So, as a quick background, just for those who may not be familiar with Expensify, your company is a payments super app, and it simplifies how people and businesses manage money and track expenses, invoices pay bills and more, right?
1: That's correct. Yeah. Our entire mission statement is about returning time to our customers because no one really wants to spend their time doing their expenses or really reconciling their books. What you'd love to do is spend more time with your family, with your kids, with your dogs, what have you. And we try to automate as much as possible, put control in your hands and sort of return your scarcest asset back to you.
0: Yeah, and while Expensify's functionality is really fantastic, what I want to get into today is how gaining efficiencies, um, such as using a product like Expensify, can actually lead to empowerment of a company's employees. And I think that what I've learned about um, your organization over time, your team approach is really unique. And so I'd love our audience to hear more about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I actually joined Expensify in 2015, and I came from really big companies. So I worked um, right out of um, college. I worked at Oracle for a few years, then I worked at Citibank for a few, and I had a brief stint at a startup before Expensify. but all that is background really to say that I came from a very different world. And a lot of what I was really jaded about was the inability to really affect any kind of change in a lot of those organizations. Now, I started at Expensify, we were about 60 to 70 employees, and we grew for a while, and we were sort of at this 130, 140 mark. And it was at that point that we started to really examine our growth because every company out there talks about maintaining their culture, but as you get bigger and bigger, it gets harder and harder really to maintain that soul of your organization. So, you know, we would look at, do we really need to grow? What roles need to expand? How many more people do we need in those roles? And we always kept coming back to, there is not an equal distribution of work in terms of volume across really any team all the time. There's a lot of dead time. Um, So you staff up a role when, you know, you have peak demand and then there's a lot of people just sort of on the bench Um, waiting to do something critical when that sort of role peters out a little bit over time. And, you know, the first thought that comes to mind is that it's not efficient from a cost perspective, but it's also not efficient from a people motivation perspective, because the more you're challenged, the more you learn and the more you grow. And so if you have nothing to do that is really challenging because The current critical moment in time for the business is, say, not marketing and is rather engineering or not product, but legal, so on and so forth. It just creates a sort of unmotivated workforce. So that's the point in time where we started looking at, do these roles really need to be highly trained such that we have to hire specialists to do them? Or can we create an organization that is more generalist such that no single person is pigeonholed into a role, but rather these roles itself are written down so people can move in and out of them in a more flexible manner. So that was kind of a turning point for us. And believe it or not, we have not grown beyond that 140 headcount number in the last seven years. And we've grown as a product incredibly. We went public. like We've been able to do incredible things with this very tight workforce and while keeping our culture and inspiring our people. And it's really worked out for us.
0: Wow, that's great. I mean, I think that th- the way you described it, what resonates with me is that we create silos in our organizations. And yes. and there com- becomes this point of inflection where, as you described it, being at 140 people that you might need to reorganize to be able to break that down. And so, you know, I wanted to ask you, um, how do people feel about that sort of reorganization to where you can collaborate across teams and not all be doing the same thing all the time? And then how does that work for them when they're collaborating
1: with other organizations or your other vendors? Yeah, it's a great question. Like anything else, change is really difficult. So in the beginning and sometimes even today, there are pros and cons to the model and depending on where you are as an individual in your sort of trajectory at work and, you know, personal life, the pros outweigh the cons and sometimes the cons outweigh the pros. One particular disadvantage I can think of is it feels a little bit like there's always an insane amount of chaos because the only way a generalist organization truly works is if everybody's exposed to all of the information, right? Because if I can't see... All of our marketing related challenges and how we are proposing to fix them, I can't jump into it. So we basically have this very written down culture. We, do, we don't do any live meetings because we also have a very global workforce. So we do everything on Slack. We write everything down. And as a result, there's just an insane amount of information available to you at any point in time. And the nature of information is when it's out there, you feel the need to consume it all and it just overwhelms you. So that's a disadvantage. And I think the way to over, the way we have overcome it and our star players, uh, our star players, because they have figured out how to do this, is how to prioritize information at any given point in time and to not let that part of you that has FOMO kind of take over, but rather focus on what you're trying to solve. And then when you want to shift gears, you move forward and catch up on a new area, and then you jump into it. And then it's another interesting question you ask about how this works externally, because we don't really operate in a bubble. Often we do, because we home grow a lot of our tools. But um, you know, a good example is, take say, with your organization, for instance. Like we have a very robust network of cast um, practice partners, and we value that partnership a whole lot. And it doesn't really always work the same in these different organizations that we are collaborating with. Vendors are another organization that come to mind. So a lot of what we've had to do is before we sort of jump right into a partnership, jump right into a vendor relationship, is to talk through our culture and how we work and establish some ground rules for the best ways to collaborate with us so we can all get the best um results out of the engagement and that has been a sort of a process of trial and error we haven't always gotten it right and it isn't always a fit but we've sort of hit our stride and are doing it better and better these days
0: you know I've experienced that firsthand by working with Expensify a few months ago, you brought your whole team to meet with ours to troubleshoot some of those bottlenecks that we were experiencing with the technology. And when I think about your email inbox, it resonates with me just that whole chaos, right? So, how do we do that better? How do we get rid of that 55 email string and make that investment in bringing the team in to be able to collaborate? And so, What we did in that meeting, which was just a few hours, was that we didn't have that one bottleneck of the one account executive. We didn't have the one bottleneck of the sales organization that's represented us for years and helps us when we add clients. And you also joined us. And the fact that you were able to listen to what our biggest pain points were in terms of chaos to be able to fix one thing, it took us a couple of hours to Mm -hmm. get to the root cause, which is what I've been consulting with clients for years on. But when we got to the root cause, you said, you know what, I think we can have this fixed in two weeks. And that meant a whole lot to me about that flexible team environment. And that's a lot about what I think about the year of efficiency is it's not just bringing the team to meet everyone, to talk to each other, to have 50 emails that become clear. What it is is an investment in the future. And so what's the part that can be done fast? We did one thing fast. It gave us some capacity to then look at the next thing and then create a roadmap. Of improvement, and so that to me is how you continue to get to scale is by collaborating not only with your your team but also with your partners, and that's a big part of what we do. So, in terms of that flexible team environment, that, I think that's what we're able to do together in our partnership.
1: I love that. That's super powerful, and we are also trying to build like you know the interaction model you just described, where we are not going back and forth on an email, but rather sort of identifying what needs to be done, who needs to do it, and then once that person has done it, what happens next? We are trying to build this into our product itself. Um, One way that we're doing it, we call them tasks. We have this new product we're coming out with. Um, It's going to be a more chat-centric, and not chat for the sake of it, but rather to enable more efficient collaboration across the various parties that manage a financial process at any given company. And what we're building into it is this feature called tasks. Because if you take a finance process for a company, there uh, there are the employees, then there are the approvers and admins of the company, and then there are accountants, which is where you guys sit. And every point in this layer every part of this layer depends on a layer beneath it to complete some work so they can be unblocked and close their books so we're trying to build all of that into this tasks feature so at any given point in time you know the entire process and it's written down and you know where in the process you are in that given period and who is that specific step Blocked on, and how do we enable them to get it done? How do we enable transparency for everybody downstream? And our hope is that what we've been able to do as an organization, we can bring into our product and make available to all of our customers and all of our partners.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've talked earlier about culture, and that's one of the things that we look at when we choose technology partners. For me some of the things that we've learned about how you provide support to your customers like us um, or partners like us is that you launched concierge a few years ago and in us having to learn how to work with that you know we've been able to realize oh we actually support our clients quite a bit often many times a day especially several times a week and we're learning those things too. When you say task, that resonates with me, that oftentimes we must assign a task to our client if we need them to give us something, or if they need a task from us, we must do something for them. And so the way that whole communication works is really, really, um, we've done a good job learning from each other how to do it better. And so that's one thing I wanted to talk about are, what do you see as some of the other benefits offered by some of that technology that we've talked about and other technologies that are designed to create efficiencies. And so my my next thing is, how do we look beyond the software and the products to do that?
1: Yeah, so, you know, we've often at Expensify, someone that's worked here for, say, four to five years is sort of considered a newbie. And I've worked here eight years, so I've sort of forgotten that that's not the market norm and when i say i've worked here eight years and people's eyebrows go up i'm always like oh actually yeah that's a long time to work somewhere and i think about that and i think about why people stay as long as they stay and how come they don't have this wanderlust to go elsewhere and i think a lot of that comes back to being challenged now this model helps us you know be efficient the software tools help us be more efficient But it's beyond the tech and it's beyond the cost savings and it's beyond our ability to maintain a tight, small team. I think it goes to each individual person's ability to not be pigeonholed, to feel empowered, to solve problems, to even know the existence of problems and sort of throw their hat in the ring. And that's what keeps them here, because as you're growing, you're Motivated, and you bring that sort of inspiration to work every day. Nobody works on their vacation day because they have a chore to complete, but a lot of people will wake up on a vacation day and say, You know, I want to just check in on that voluntarily because they're just motivated to do it. And I think this model just empowers more people, and that's what keeps them here and keeps them motivated. And I think that's a very big advantage of doing it this way
0: yeah i love that i think being curious about things and getting constructive feedback is so powerful um one of my favorite books i'm reading right now is radical candor and it talks about how can we open ourselves up to that level of constructive feedback i think that's one of the things that you you guys do at your organization and you especially as chief operating officer you answer my calls when i talk about we must have this thing fixed now and we we work on it together
1: Absolutely. I love that partnership with you.
0: Well, thank you, Anu, for our conversation. For those listening, thank you for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed this series on the year of efficiency so far, and we'll tune back in for the final episode soon. Thank you, Anu. Thanks so much. Bye.